0: Welcome to Hashtag LoveYourself. I'm your host, Jesse Jobson, and I'm going to guide you on your personal journey towards self-love. Hi, my beautiful souls. Welcome back to hashtag loveyourself. On today's episode, we are going to talk about meditation and how it, it can be a crucial part to loving yourself. Alright, let's jump in. Okay, so meditation what is meditation? And I know a lot of people have their own theories about meditation and some, you know, are pretty similar to what it actually is, but some people have like, just like anything, right? We have like these stigmas and we have, um, these fallacies of something that meditation really is when it really isn't. So I'm going to kind of hopefully define what meditation is for you guys today. Share my personal story about meditation through my life and how it's changed me personally. Um, Give you some good statistics and then go over the different types of meditations and how you can start if that's something that you're interested in and how it's really connected to loving ourselves in a deep way. Okay, so the first thing is what is meditation? So um, if you think about it, um, it's really just thinking deeply or focusing one's mind for a long period of time, either in silence or with the aid of a guiding tool, right? But meditation itself is an act, right? Um, when you meditate, like the word meditate, when you just take that word from meditation, um, really it's to like, to think or to focus on something, right? And one fallacy or one thing that I think is really common to um, really put onto meditation, and this is what I thought before I started learning about meditation in my own life, is to think that meditation is where you have to sit and you have to be thoughtless, right? And you have to have no thoughts in your mind and your mind can't have anything entering in it. And when you do, that's not meditation and you're doing it wrong and... um, I remember I used to really believe that, like I used to, and that's really, really common. I hear that from so many people that when I, you know, when we start talking about meditation um, and they ask me like, oh my God, do you do it every day? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh man, I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit there without any thoughts. Well... That's the thing is I used to believe that too before I started meditating. And when I started my journey of meditating and I would have thoughts, I would get frustrated with myself because I thought I had like this belief that says you're supposed to be like, there's no thoughts entering your mind and your mind's supposed to be clear and like all these things, right? And that actually could be farthest from the truth, um, especially for people that know a lot of different ways to meditate, they know that that is like just a, you know, it's just something, it's just a, um, a misunderstanding, I guess you could say, of what meditation is about. Um There, I think where we get that fallacy and where we've come up with that myth, right, is people that have done meditation and are really deep into meditating and have like a a practice that they do on a regular basis with meditation, um I think people that go deep into meditation can get to this place where we get to this zero point field right where where we aren't like tuning into any outside distractions. We're not focused on anything other than being super present in the stillness and in the calmness, right? But that takes a while to get to that place. And I think that that's where that, like, misleading information has come from for a lot of people. Because, um, you know, once you get to a place, and I know that I've been doing it for like years, gosh, I'm trying to think of how many years I've been meditating now um, after writing this um, podcast. Um, so I guess it would be 10 years now. So, um, 10 years ago, I started a little bit over 10 years. So just, just a little bit over 10 years, I started meditating and, uh, and now I have gotten to the point where, um, if that is what I desire during my meditation, I can really get to that point of like complete, calm, focused centered presentness, right? That zero point field that they're talking about where really nothing is bothering you or coming in because you're just so focused on the present and, and you know, being in that moment. But um, that's not always the type of meditation I choose. And so, um, and that isn't the type of meditation that's best for everybody for um, every situation. So, and I'll go over the, all the different kinds. Um, but first off, let's start to kind of talk about why people meditate. Cause I think it's important for people to understand like, what are the benefits? Like, why is it part of like loving and connecting with myself? So for me, especially, um, I'd have to say, and, and I see this with through my research too, is that even for me personally, Meditation has made me so self-aware, right? And we know that loving ourselves, uh, to to love yourself properly, um, you really have to be self-aware. And meditation has really done that. It's like kicked it up to like the tenth level for me, um, because when you really sit with yourself, even if you even if things come up and emotions come up and thoughts of the past and the future and all those things come in during your meditation, you aren't in a reactive moment you aren't in a survival like state of mind or or you know like your body isn't in survival mode you're in a calm peaceful place where you are really just allowing yourself to be you and you're allowing yourself to like really kind of be free to let your mind go where it needs to go. And if a thought of the past or a thought of the future does happen to come in during that moment, right? During like you're really just trying to relax and be peaceful, you're at such a calmer state and at such a healthy place in your like what you're doing physically and mentally that you are at the best place and the best time for you to actually like even think about like the truth of like, where did that come up for, up for me? Like, where where is that feeling coming from for me? Why is it coming up to me? Why, you know, what do I really want from this? You know, like, how do I want to handle this? How can I be the best version of me in this moment, right? All those things are better suited for when you're in like that calm, healthy, peaceful, blissful state versus you're going through life, life is happening, someone walks up to you and does something abrupt and then you have an emotion and you're reactive to it, right? If you're sitting in meditation, so versus you being in meditation, your mind is quiet, you're feeling good, you're relaxed, your your brain isn't thinking about doing 10 different things at that moment, you're literally not even thinking about doing anything at that moment and, and that memory of that past experience comes in and you are at your best level at your best self in that moment to be able to kind of unwind and just like be present to like why you're feeling that way or why that keeps replaying you in your mind, right? So that is one of one of the best reasons for me is that it helps me make choices, make, you know, even even just the simple choice of saying this this um, thought or this memory that keeps coming up is painful for me. And I uh, have spent so much time on it. And there's nothing in my current reality that is linking me to continuing to think about this negative past experience. So I'm going to in this moment feel like letting it go. I'm going to work on letting it go and just releasing it. And that's my mantra is I'm letting this feeling and I'm letting this past experience go. I'm letting this feeling go. So that is one of like the, the biggest things I would say is that you, your best version of who you could possibly be gets to show up to all these different things that might arise, right? That might follow you into meditation, right? These emotions, okay? Um and then another reason why is reducing our resistance. And what does that mean in layman's terms cuz like I know spiritual people out there, they'll know what I'm saying, but if you're not like up with the spiritual ling- lingo, um so reducing our resistance is es- essentially what happens in life is um we resist things, right? Even sometimes we resist like what's good for us, but we have a lot of resistance to, because you go through life and just like we know, you experience all these different things, um, you know, your childhood traumas, you, you have all these different like circumstances that you meet within life, right? And some are, they feel, make you feel good and some make you feel shitty and some make you feel sad and you have all these wide range of emotions that you go through with all of the things that you experience, right? And our brains are super, super powerful. And our, our brains tend to, if we hyper-focus, especially on something negative, right? It, it's very powerful and it puts energy even in the negative direction. It doesn't like really, our brains don't like say, oh, you're going in a negative direction. Let's stop thinking about it. If you spend the time focusing on something, what happens? It expands, right? So when you focus on something and it's expanding, whether it's something positive for you or something unlike or unhealthy, right? Whatever it is, it's going to expand. And so they talk a lot about um, the reason why quieting your mind. I think that the fallacy, another reason why the fallacy talked about, you know, you know, releasing all those things in your mind is because there is that big message that a lot of people got wrong about releasing resistance. Um, So releasing thought, right? Releasing the negative thoughts, releasing thinking about things that don't serve you and, and or focusing on them in a way that isn't productive for you and just mentally pulls you down into a place that doesn't feel good. And so when you allow your brain to settle for a second and in meditation, it's a really good place to just just watch. If you just watch your thoughts and you don't like dig into them and you don't keep spinning them, right? If you don't like become an active player within a thought and keep it going and think about, Oh, what would they do next? Or what would they say to me next? Or how would I react? or blah blah, blah. And you don't do that. You don't become the player inside that thought. It dissipates pretty quickly. And research has found over and over again, that's the truth. Like your resistance will stop once you stop putting energy there so if you're sitting down and you're doing a quiet like you know meditation where you're just going to be present um you if you just let thoughts come and you don't actively like make changes or, or like advances in them you will see that they'll just they'll kind of They'll hang around for a second, but they'll dissipate and then it, your brain will be quiet for a few more minutes and then it might bring something else up. And eventually, like I said, more experienced people over time, right, they get to this place where there's less of those like things that are really, because then you recognize that those things that were coming up that were so like charged with so much energy for you, right? Right. Because you're more aware and you've done this practice for so long, you become like less attached to those things. And so it becomes less and less of a thing that you're just spending time watching these thoughts come and go, right? So releasing that resistance, releasing that attention to, you know, lower end things that aren't serving you, right? And just letting them go. And that kind of brings it to the next reason why it's really important when connection to loving yourself for meditating is that... I think as humans, we can get wrapped up in those cycles of believing that our emotions and that our thoughts and that this energy that we carry is so, like, is running us or that it is, like, not something we can control and that it's that it's here and that we can't do anything about it. And it just feels like when you're in the moment of something so negative and it feels so awful it feels like it's bigger than you, right? But when you sit down and you meditate and you get out of that space of focusing on it for a second, right? And you just let things come and go, you recognize that it's everything is fleeting. There's nothing, there's rise and fall of everything and that nothing is permanent, right? And we can say that on like a surface level, right? But what happens when someone who isn't self-aware or isn't practicing self-care and self-love is in the middle of something like a trigger or a trauma or something that someone's, you know, being, being emotionally and mentally harmful to them, right? What happens like during those abusive or traumatic or triggering moments, it feels like you're in it forever. Like that time feels like it doesn't, it feels like it's forever in there. And, and so, in those moments, you feel like you need to run and survive or fight and survive, right? Um, but if you practice, why, and that's why meditation is so beautiful and so healthy and so wonderful, if you practice this awareness and this mindfulness and this, like, getting to know you, right, meditation really speaks to the fact that you get to see where you lie within all of those emotions, right? You get to see that those aren't really necessarily attached to you, right? That those came maybe because of some sort of like repetition you've experienced, right? Like, okay, for example, I'm going to share something. Today, I had an experience with another person and I could feel their energy and it was kind of a lower end energy. And... I have been really practicing like self-awareness and like um like like observing my own emotions and really like just honing into like what the truth and importance of my soul and my values and my morals and so when that person did a lower end like response to me At first, like it felt, I could feel the sting of the emotion, right? And I could feel the energy of it and it stung, right? Just like, just like moments in the past where like when people would kind of be like off or rude, like I could feel it and it would sting, right? But in that moment, I was able to tell myself like, you're only feeling this like sting and this like negative emotion, because you're used to people pleasing you're used to wanting people to think good of you you're used to wanting like to people to have you in their good graces and this person doesn't right now and that's okay and you need to be okay with it and like and so it was almost om- and it's almost like that same thing that we talk about on repeat of like loving yourself in that way of like being able to tell yourself the truth, what meditation brings to that same piece of that example that I'm just showing you right now is that you get to, in meditation, you get to like have those truths for yourself rise up in a calm space, not when you're being triggered, not when you're, you know, feeling those emotions and have those truths be like really resonant and on the, on, and on high for you so that when you're in those moments like I was in today, right, that I can remember. Because it's really hard when you're being triggered. It's really hard when you're feeling low energy. It's really hard when you're feeling icky and you're feeling like not enough or you're feeling unlovable, right? Or you're feeling like you did something wrong, right? It's hard to remember that. But it's easier to remember things when you've spent regular daily time on the regular with yourself knowing the truth, right? Knowing that your heart is like pure and focused and that you give that to yourself every day and that you give that calm and that peace to yourself, right? Um, and that's why a lot of people talk about meditation being a really good practice for the morning. I know for me personally, I do it in the mornings. I They say the best time is when you write when you wake up. To jump into meditation, so me, I get up, I go to the bathroom because I don't want to like be holding pee or anything like that, right? I go to the bathroom, I get a, gla- a big glass of water so that I have it with me in meditation so that I'm not thirsty because I you know you know drink you need to drink water. That made me thirsty as I said that. <laughs> Hold on. But um, and then um, and then I sit and I meditate. And I don't do it the same every day like I do have a general practice that I follow but it doesn't have to be that like, you can do it any way you want. Okay, so the next reason why it's important and like the benefits of it is because um, meditation trains our brains to be present. Okay, and it trains our brain to be more aware and we kind of like touched on this a little bit within the last few points. so I won't go into this too much, but essentially um, When you do meditation on the regular, um, like, there's so much, like, in our current realities that we have, like, we give our brain, like, partial, like, focus to here, partial focus to there. Think of just about how many things a day like you're doing at one time, right? Like we have our cell phones, we're driving, like, I mean, like we're talking to people, we're, we're looking through social media at the same time we're talking. Like, I mean, like, it's just amazing how our brains can like divide the attention, right? And so since that is like on a regular basis and we're doing so many things at once, like I even noticed yesterday, I went out on this date with myself and I was sitting down and I um, the, my food came out and I was already working on my laptop and doing all this stuff and I was about to like grab my sandwich while I was like working and then I like realized take a moment to be present with your food. Like eat and be present to like your taste, like what's going on around you. Like I was out in this beautiful place down in the city. I was out watching like the water just flow by and like it was just beautiful and like I didn't want to miss that and I didn't want to miss like the amazing meal that I spent money on to, you know, like, I don't want to just fill my body with food. I want to, like, really enjoy it, right? So meditation gives us that benefit of being able to, like, actually spend time really in the moment. And there was a lot when I did my research. There was a lot of um, statistics on how 50% of our day we are not, like, uh, present to things. Like, more than half of our day we're literally um, focused on like multiple things at one time. Okay. And then they said that when they did the studies about people that are, when, when they're present versus when they're not present, like when they're doing the multiple things and they're not really, they're like subconscious is running the show and all those things. Right. Um, they said that their, the brains tend to focus on lower energy and negative, Um, things when you're not fully present than versus when you're actually like being present. And so the more that we can train ourselves to be present, the more you're going to be in happier, good feeling emotions. So even just for that reason alone, right? Like you would want to be more present and be more aware of yourself and be more. And like, even the awareness, like we talked about, like just being aware of like, Later in circumstances when life arises, you can be like aware to like, oh, this is a trigger for me, right? Like being aware to that, that maybe you wouldn't have gleaned if you wouldn't have sat with that stuff coming up and being able to like focus on it in a calm way in and in a calm atmosphere, right, of the meditation, right? And see it for what it's really worth and be like, oh, when I'm not being triggered, I realize it doesn't matter what that person thinks of me because... I know deep in my heart that my intentions were never that way. And it's unfortunate for them to feel that way about me. But I know. I know that I didn't mean any of that. And I didn't mean it that way. And I have tried my hardest to to show that and share that with them. Um, So, you know, like, that's just an example, right? Okay. Um, Another reason why um, they say... That meditation is really, really important for your health and just for loving yourself because it helps people manage their stress and their physical pain. So it helps release anxiety and unhelpful emotions by interrupting those thought patterns. So those unhealthy thought patterns. Remember how like our subconscious has these like beliefs about, you know, things that are not necessarily true (laughs) and um, that are just these made up beliefs about ourselves and usually they're negative um that we spend most of our day actually like our day de- our thoughts are like being run by that subconscious right that unhealthy sneaky subconscious that kind of takes over and thinks about like the uh, the hurtful past or whatever it might be and meditation actually stops that that unhealthy pattern okay and even if you do it for like even like 10 20 minutes a day right um just that small break of like actually being conscious and present and breaking up that that unhealthy pattern, it is life-changing. Like it literally changes people's lives. And studies have shown that it literally changes people's lives. It cha- makes people more happier or make more happier. It makes people happier. <laughs> um, it makes people happier and they report that they're healthier. They're more emotionally stable. Um, they're more emotionally mature. They're connected to themselves. They sleep better. They have a different, uh, deeper sense of spirituality and faith in themselves and in, in life in general. They have um, more compassion for other people. They're more content. They're more self-aware. Um, they have It boosts people's immune systems and it lowers blood pressure. So there's like so many things that it does for people. And then when you can actually like They like mind over matter is like one of like the biggest, you know, things that we all remember that saying that quote, right? Mind over matter. Your mind is a really powerful thing. And so when you're able to. um, uh, Oh, I'll share a story, a personal story. Okay. So, um for physical pain, I remember so I've given birth twice. And obviously t- both different experiences were completely different cuz you know, childbirth it goes differently every time. Like it's never the same, right? Um but I remember the first time, um I wasn't so much into meditation when I had my first son. And obviously my body was different because it was, you know, um, I was, you know, hadn't birthed a child yet. So completely different. So there's a lot of different factors, but still, I remember the first time I had a really hard time. I couldn't focus off the pain. I kept really like every time that pain came, I just, I, they kept trying to tell me to like relax and like, like let my body like, you know, like, um, stop being so tense. They, my midwife kept saying, um, uh, let your body be limp like a noodle. And I couldn't, I, every time the pain came, I just, fo- I could, like, all I could do was to focus on it and I'd clench every part of my body up. Right. And then, you know, by the time I got to my second son, I remember thinking to myself, I can't, I don't want to do that again. Like, I don't want to be so focused on the pain. Like, and I, I was deeper into my meditation practice and my spirituality at that point. And I remember, um, I had heard, of where you could like think of like um, think of something that like grounds um, energy right and even just the thought of that will help ground like the inner like the energy that's happening you know when you're going through a pain right so no joke I got up when I started feeling contractions with my second son and I they were starting to get pretty painful So I remembered that saying. And so I was like, okay, I'll just think of like a tree, I guess, like that's grounding source, right? So I was like, okay, I'm gonna think of a tree in in my neighborhood. That's like a really beautiful tree. And so I started thinking of like my pain flowing from my body through this tree. And it was just like, I just kept feeling like or thinking of the, the pain as I was feeling it, going down through my body and into the tree and down to the ground. And like, it was just like this mental image that I was like, putting into my head. Okay. And just over and over again, I did that. And I kept thinking to myself, like it kept like hours started going by and I was like, or like maybe like 45 minutes or so. And I remember being like, this isn't painful. Like I'm kind of worried. And like, they're starting to get closer together. Like I remember being like, I was by myself. It was in the middle of the night, like almost morning time. And I was like in the bathroom, I was like, these are not painful. Let me time them. And I started timing them. They're getting really close together. And I was like, this is weird that it's not painful. And so then I was like, well, maybe it's the tree thing. Like, maybe it's actually working. So I decided to, to try to stop thinking of the tree and stop doing that practice in my mind. And when I did the that next contraction, it, like, spiked the most pain, like, Like it was insane how the difference from when I was actually mentally focusing on releasing the pain versus keeping it. So you can train our minds are powerful tools, people. You can train your brain to do anything really, but you can train it to release pain. So if you have some source of pain within your physical body, you can meditate to calm that pain for yourself. It's it's a beautiful thing. And and they have research and studies all over the internet if you want to go look it up because it actually is really a true thing. Okay, um, and then next, um, you know, training people to be more mindful um, and just being like, I mean, that kind of comes back to the whole awareness thing, but mindful is a little bit different in the fact that um, when you're mindful, like, you're more connected to yourself, but you're also more connected to the experience, right? So this is beyond meditation. So when you practice and train mindfulness, I mean, when you're... Okay, let me say that again. When you're training yourself in meditation, you're naturally becoming more mindful, which naturally makes you more mindful in outer experiences beyond meditation, right? So, um, and just being... Like, and, you know, we have this weird, like, thing where we think being mindful is, like, slowing things way down. And that's not true. Um, Mindful is just being that. Like, in, in a circumstance, you can see things more clearly. You can understand, like... More of what's going on, right? Versus just that tunnel vision that we tend to the reactive tunnel vision that we usually see through in life when we're in situations. Mindfulness helps you expand, um, essentially, expanding your mind to be able to understand more things fully within that moment. Okay, so, um, so then I guess now that we've talked about. Why it's really important, I, and I hope I sold you on why meditation is really a big process of loving yourself. You're gonna be more aware. You're gonna be more mindful. You're gonna be happier, and you're gonna you're gonna be able to, you know, experience life and live life at such a higher and greater and healthier level. Um, and that is part of loving ourselves, you know. So um, the biggest thing with meditation, I believe, is just finding what works for you, right? And, and I think in the very beginning, um, it's easy to like take off or, you know, like bite more than you can chew, right? To like want to be like this great meditation expert in the very beginning of your journey, right? And I know that I did that. Um, and I guess I'll share my story. Um, so, the first time I started meditating was right at the beginning of my breast cancer diagnosis. Um I remember watching the movie The Secret the night before my double mastectomy and it like opened me up to like uh, like a truth inside myself and um and and I just felt a lot of resonance with understanding what they were talking about and the concept of the secret and the law of attraction. And they talked about meditation. And so I went on this journey where I like tried to do like guided meditations and things like that. And then I found Abraham Hicks and, um, you know, Abraham Hicks was, you know, stop the resistance was what um she kept saying and quiet your mind. Right. And I remember I fell into that, you know, unhealthy fallacy of thinking that I would just be like, no thoughts at all and that I was doing it wrong. And I I really shamed and like damned myself during the process of the beginning of my journey for not being able to, to release all of my thoughts. And then I recognized that that was just like a mis, you know, interpretation of what meditation was. Um, and I got to a place where I recognized that it wasn't necessarily how I was meditating that was important, Um, I got to a place after a few years of recognizing that it was just finding that space for myself and finding that it was like, it's almost like if you want to think of it as like your time, right? And it was like, um, you know, especially my children being little, I would wake up and then they would wake up and and then, you know, trying to like juggle being a mom and um, having a house to clean and, you know, chores to do and kids to feed and and everybody always needed me. And so finding my own time was really difficult. And then I got to a point where, you know, um, everything that people said about meditation, you know, like all the gurus talking about how it enlightened their life and made them so much happier. I really like wanted that, you know, and I really wanted to like feel that, like, blissful feeling and that joy and that happiness throughout the day that they were talking about. So I tried again and again and um, finally I got to this point where I was like I cannot do it when my like you know obviously like I have to find a time that can be consistent so I have to wake up early. And then it was I didn't want it. Like, I was like, oh man, I have to wake up early because I love sleep. And I was like, oh man, waking up early to meditate. Ugh. You know, so then it became like a non-fun activity for me. and And again, I wasn't doing like the types of meditations. Like I said, there's so many types of meditation, which I'll go over. But I wasn't like exploring different types of meditation. I was just trying to quiet my mind. And that was really a struggle for me. And then after a few more years of that, of like trying to do it that way, then I like did group meditations with people um that I knew and I learned about all these different kinds of meditations and then I started to get really serious about like like because then before I'd be like oh when when I had the time like and I would I would do it right like maybe Monday through Friday but the weekends I didn't want to meditate cuz like that was my personal time to sleep in or whatever now I get excited. That is like my thing that wakes me up that I like cannot wait to meditate. And that might sound funny to people that don't meditate, but like I get so excited for that part of my day. Like that's like, I mean, it's not the highlight of my day because it's so many wonderful things happen throughout my days. But I literally look forward to my meditation practice. Like it's probably one of the top things in my day that I am excited about is to sit down with myself and meditate and I used to like only want to ever do like five minute meditations and now I'm like to the point like years later where I could meditate for like an hour like I like like time isn't a factor for me like I love like the time that I spend and I always give myself and it's not just doing the physical meditation but I do things outside of it like I read Afterwards, you know, like I read inspirational things that make me think or um, I think about things, you know, like from the past. If, you know, like I want to like spend time with a moment of something um, so I can work on it or I, you know, think about my inner child or whatever. So I spend about an hour. I give myself about an hour every day to whether it's sitting in silence, whether it's doing a reading meditation, whatever it might be. Um, And then I do like mini meditations um, when needed, Um, so make sure that when you're starting, you're starting small, um, don't try to start jump to like an hour too quick, do what you can. If it's five minutes, do five minutes. Guided meditations are really good for people starting out. You can find those all over the place. Um, so just whatever fits for you. And if it's like your meditation practice is better for you before you go to sleep, then do that. If yours is during your lunch break, do that. If yours is, I don't know when you go and take a walk outside go do it then right um try out many different styles to see what it can fit for you um let's go over the types of meditations because like that was a misconception for me when i didn't know what meditation really was or i didn't know how to really start and begin i didn't really know that i there were so many different ways to meditate um, so the first one that we talked about a lot, which is the most common and most people are more like aware to this is traditional, like silent, stopping their resistance meditation. So like just sitting in silence. I mean, obviously thoughts are going to flow in, but just really focusing on your breath or focusing on your in breath, your out breath and not really focusing on much of what's going on out around you. That's why you close your eyes. You just like let your body relax. Um, that's the most common one. Um, I'd say the next one, the guided meditations, those are ones where you're listening to like an audio of someone. Those are probably the best for starters and beginners because you can focus on something. You have something to focus on, right? And it helps your brain just like release the resistance by focusing on something positive and something outside of your normal like thought patterns and process, right? Um, The next one is like a mantra meditation and this is good for focusing your area. like focusing your energy in specific areas. So this is where you're going to say something like, um, you know, you, there's all different things. You can look them up on the internet. But like one of the things is um, I am enough. I am enough. And if you just have that mantra over and over again, you breathe like in, out, I am enough, right? And then breathe in, out, I am enough. And you just read, like you keep reiterating the I am enoughness. Um, and they have like all different, um, kinds. You can look, you can go on YouTube. They have mantra meditations all over the place. Um, now this is one that I never knew till recently. And this is probably, I'd have to say my favorite meditation style now, um, at where I'm at today. Um, it's called the reading trans meditation. And so in a reading trans meditation, you actually read. So, um, for me, I love, 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 love um, Melanie Beckler. She's the author. um, She's an angel median, and she did, like, transcriptions from, um, essentially, she was, like, being a median and allowing um, the archangels and things to come in. And then they were giving her meditations for her to, like share with other people so what I do is I just open there's like so many meditations in these books and you can find them from so many different authors um but I essentially read the words of the tra- the transmissions um and so that is a beautiful way to meditate a lot of people don't know about it I didn't know about it till recently um and you know they say that like energy like words and like so vibration is like um so energy is vibration but when you speak that's vibration right so like obviously the language when you speak words, especially words like they even talk about like like in like there's really deep healing words um in different languages that they use for mantras and things like that um that's what like reading uh, transmissions are right so you like you're reading it's like a a vibration of energy, essentially, through the words. So it's kind of cool. I really, really love that one. Um, I think it's probably my, my favorite type of meditation these days. Um, another one is candle gazing. And um, this actually could be a really good one for new um, people new to meditation as well. Um, essentially, all you do Is just, you know, find a quiet place, a comfortable place to sit down. Make sure you're in comfortable clothing like you'd want to do with any meditation. Uh, Put on a candle and then really just focus on the flame. Um, And it's easy because it gives, like, a visual stimulation. Why can't I say that? Stimulization. (laughs) And some people need that to, like, kind of, like, get to that calming field, Right for themselves. Um, and then another one that I remember I had a mentor, he um, used to share this with me and like instruct me to do this one. And it's really helpful for some people. And um, it's a blurred vision meditation. So essentially, instead of closing your eyes, because sometimes when we close our eyes, I know that like, some people's minds can get more, more methodical and like, um, because that sense of, vision is shut off. Um, it, it like just kind of stirs their mind a little bit more and like makes them more agitated and kind of sends them into a spiral a little bit. So the blurred vision meditation is where you, um, keep your eyes open, but you kind of look at like something out far into the distance or, or it doesn't have to be even that, that far, but you just kind of like you let your eyes like like blur the vision of it. And so you're just kind of focused on like letting the your vision get a little hazy. And when you're focusing that, it like really, like it, it stops the resistance and it allows a sense of calm and your mind is focused on doing something that's really um, just relaxing and doesn't allow that, you know, chronic pattern of thought to continue, right? It it stops it. Um, this is another one that isn't really that common that most people don't know, but I think it's really beautiful and I haven't really spent too much time doing it. I want to do it more. So that is going to be my homework. Um, it's the laughing meditation. And so people have said that they, the like, like turn but this is the thing, you have to be cautious on what you choose to use as your source to make you laugh. But laughing is like gets you in a state of frequency that is really like healthy and happy. And so like have you ever like had one of those like close relationships or friendships where when you're around that person, like that is your thing. That's what you guys do. You just laugh and laugh and laugh. And so when you go away from that person you feel really good. Um that is, I mean, and you, you could use this, right? A laughing meditation is great. Um, I don't think you could use this as your daily practice, right? (laughs) But like, even if you just like, you know what my, my homework is going to be to like, to sit and like, just laugh (laughs) and see how long I can keep that going and see how long I can keep that frequency. Um, I'll report back to you in the next podcast about it. Okay. Um, okay. The next one is a really beautiful one. And this is, another good one for beginners, but if you go out into nature and you do a nature walk meditation, and really the key to this one is to just not, like, to really immerse yourself in the presence of nature and just to allow yourself to be open to, like, being focused on the serenity, the peace, right, and not focused on, you know, uh, things that are going to, hone and tunnel your your um your mind and your your focus so you're not going to be like um you know you know answering like questions about nature essentially but you're just going to allow like to hear the sounds of the birds or to feel the wind on your skin and to or maybe to like be barefoot and feel the feet you know feel your feet walking in the grass And just, or and feeling the sun on your skin and just like being really present to the sensations and, um, the calmness and the beauty that nature is, right? Because nature is really, really, um, healthful and beautiful and nurturing for you. So yeah. Um, and then the last one is really just having the goal of being in the zero point field. Um, and really what the zero point field is, is just, and that's where I think that that whole thought process of like quieting our minds and having no, no thoughts whatsoever come in is because there is um, a type of meditation where it's, a, it's like nothingness, right? And it's really freeing and it's really calming and it's really healthful and it's really beautiful and it just feels really good to be in that zero point field. And so you can have that as your destination, but I would say don't start there if you are not an avid. I mean, this is for people that have spent years. I Even now, I really, I just tiptoe and be really cautious to having this be the type of meditation that I go into because I know that it can be really daunting to be in the zero point field especially like circumstances for like where you're meditating or maybe what your week has been like. So I, I would say this is for the, like the, not the rookies. Don't, if you're a rookie, don't, don't do zero point field. This is for the pros. Okay. You got to be VIP status on meditation first. You have to have at least like, oh gosh, how many hours? I don't know. Like Five thousand hours or so. So, but find whatever works for you. Find what feels good to you. The biggest thing is like finding your practice that you can rely on, that lifts you up, and that you can do every day. And like I said, like I went so many years where I'd be like, oh, only on good days. Oh, when I have the time. Oh, only want to do five minute meditations because I don't want to spend too much. Like I want to get to life. Well, then I realized that, like, it's, it wasn't taking away from my life. It, it's actually something that I enjoyed Like, I want to enjoy, like, centering myself and being with myself for a moment and getting myself ready for the day. Like that for me, that's what my meditation practice is now is that like, I really just love getting myself ready and not physically, but internally, right? Like getting myself prepped for whatever beauty or whatever triumphs I'm going to experience. So um, yeah, so I really hope that you can find your practice because it really is a part of like your health and loving yourself to really tune in, go deep, and align yourself to who you truly are. Because that's what loving yourself is all about, is really getting to who you are and really vibing and being in that on a daily basis and that's what meditation does that's what this daily practice helps you with is like really centering yourself and and then it just is like it builds that foundation once you have like your practice on the regular you're building a foundation on a daily basis of strengthening going inward and knowing and knowing who you are and and flowing that outward on a regular basis. Okay, so now I want to walk you through a kind of, it'll be for you it to be like a guided meditation. It's going to be one of my favorite of the reading trans meditations. Um, so, find a comfortable place where you're not having to use your mind to do something like driving or doing something where you're going to be distracted. Find a quiet place, um, sit down, and get comfortable. So, um, in meditation, we like to say that you can either sit up or lie down, but if you're going to lie down, don't lie flat. Um, try to at least have yourself propped up a little bit so that your head's not all the way laying down on the ground and get into a comfortable position. All right, and now just listen to my words. As you now begin to direct your awareness within, moving your attention inside, allowing your body to relax, allow any tension in your energetic field, in your mind and in your body to melt away as you simply relax and let go. And as you focus within, you begin to become aware of any incredible light entering into your present point in time. Imagine an orb of light all around you, shining like a golden sun. All you need to do is relax and bask into this golden solar light, which shines through any distortions in your field, which breaks up and dissipates any tension, any place where you've been holding on. Let go, relax. Allow your awareness to move deeper within, deeper inside, tuning into the center pillar of light of the core of your being, uniting your heart chakra and all your vertical chakras with your physical body uniting as one pillar of light that begins to grow brighter, that begins to rise in frequency. From above, you're receiving a light bath, a waterfall of light, a light streaming, pouring down upon you, pouring in through your crown chakra at the top of your head. You are now able to gently intend. I now open my crown chakra to receive the light, and with this, the light of the divine, the love of spirit, the healing of the higher cosmic realms pours down upon you. It enters through your crown chakra, streams down your center pillar, through your mind and through your throat and through your heart, and through your upper abdomen and your solar plex. your lower abdomen and your pelvic and your root you can set the intention now I now intend for my root chakra to open with this your column of light the divine light frequency flowing through you is able to ground all the way down to the crystalline core the crystalline heart of Gaia mother earth where you receive an infusion from below of life force energy the light of the awakened earth is now streaming up in the, through the bottoms of your feet, in through the base, the base of your root, into your pelvis area, into your abdomen, up your back, up through your chest, your neck, your throat, your mind, relaxing your jaw, relaxing your head, and now flowing up out of your crown chakra into the light of the infinite, the light of the source above. And so, from above and from below, you are receiving an infusion of light. You are bathing in the crystalline light of the earth and in the infinite light of source above. These two streams unite through your central pillar of your central column of light, which is now tuned into the frequency, expanded into a vibration, allowing more light to flow, more love to circulate, more life force to revitalize you at every level, cleansing and dissipating any lingering blockages, opening you up to blessings of life force, the miracle of love, the joy of shining in alignment with the divine light. Now in tuning to your awareness, bringing your attention to the center of your chest and your open heart, allow your heart to open. This accelerates the flow of light within and around you which empowers you and your light body to activate and open up so that you can shine with light as the divine light being that you are. Centered in love, standing in your truth with life force circulating throughout you. You are clear, you are centered to the light within and aware of the light all around and now centered in love, clear and bright. Step forward with your open heart into the higher divine possibilities now emerging for you you are so loved and so blessed we offer a final cleanse a final surge of light of love blessings to circulate through your field relax to allow the light in let go allow the life force to circulate and flow and so it is And then just take a moment to move your fingers, your hands, your toes, to kind of wiggle your body a little bit, and open your eyes. And then go on about your day and enjoy this feeling of being aligned to your truth and your love. Well, I'm so glad that you came along with me on this meditation podcast today. It is such a beautiful practice that can really change your life. I know it's changed mind. All right. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And don't forget, take care and love yourself. Bye. Mm-hmm.